0: Okay, okay, okay. Now I'm rolling. Um <laughs> <laughs> welcome to <laughs> ScullyPot
1: AKA Hangover Nation.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. way too early. It's eleven thirty. I have had three hours of sleep.
1: Congratulations.
0: Thank you so much. Um, today with us, Inky. Serious Yeah. Hi. Icelandic, Hi. American. Welcome. Yeah. American. Welcome.
2: Yeah. From Chicago? Uh,
1: our first yeah. interview, so uh,
2: yeah, so this is going to be very cool, yeah, yeah. right? probably. <laughs> quite <laughs> but, honored. Uh, yeah, my parents are Icelandic, but I was born in Florida. Uh, you know, dual citizenship and all that stuff. But, uh, yeah, my Icelandic sucks. But. Yeah, it's a, it's Mine like, too.
0: It's quite Fair. nice, actually, to meet a fellow Icelander or foreign Icelander like, that has a very Icelandic name but doesn't speak Icelandic, Yeah. like myself. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm Danish as well, but my name is Siki. So it's, it's nice to have have a fellow, a fellow man with, <laughs> when it comes to that um so yeah.
1: yeah where um ingy used to be the um uh oh, no head bartender in charge of research and development i was
2: bar director uh with the focus on research and development yes at the aviary at the aviary in, in chicago, chicago yeah
0: tell so. us a little bit about that basically
2: uh take us back yeah yeah absolutely um i mean well i can talk a little about like what the aviary is and uh all that so um the idea was you know making a bar that is run like a kitchen you know it, it doesn't make sense for the bartender to do a million tasks you know and also everyone behind the bar you know my manhattan is going to be different than your manhattan and than from your manhattan in that like you dash a little harder than i do or i serve for a little less time um or, or whatever it is and and that's just a simple drink you know there's so many other more complex ones but like you know, how do you simplify it and make, you know, one person make a drink? Oh, man, I'm all over the place. I'm pretty hungover. Sorry, guys. <laughs> hey, no worries. But we are we go- it's going be, It's gonna, just going to be like this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, so the idea was, you know, you would never go to a uh, a Chinese restaurant and order, like, the picking. Oh, like Chinese Yeah. You'd never go to, like, a French restaurant and order the fried rice. You yeah. know, Why, they wouldn't make it to, to you because they don't have it prepped. But in the bar, you're expected to make every drink that comes your way, you know, we've all been... Uh, There's no matter how your menu looks, you yeah, always expect mm-hmm. to... We've all been there at like one in the morning and someone's like, hey, uh, can I get a sangria? And you're like, yeah, <laughs> like, <laughs> fuck you, but yeah, you know, I can do that, or uh, a Bloody Mary, mm-hmm. you know, um, and you I do it, it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Bloody
1: Mary at 1 a.m., yeah,
2: I mean, come on, but, are you already
1: hungover? Yeah, <laughs> you,
2: you see it though, you know, and um, but you're expected to make all those drinks. With Aviary, we said like, we're treating it like a restaurant, We have bartenders that are acting like cooks in the background. They're not having to do all the other million steps um, that you usually have to do as a bartender. You don't have to remember a million drinks um, because we're doing 14 of them or 18 of them. That's the menu. Uh, So if you walked into Aviary and said, hey, uh, let me get the gin and tonic, we'd go, "Uh, this drink is like a gin and tonic. Uh, You know? Nice. uh, It's cool. I'll just have a vodka, like neat. Like, oh, we don't have vodka on the spirits list. Sorry. Really? Yeah. Wow. Okay. So Uh, you
1: really don't, didn't make anything that's not on the menu pretty much.
2: Yeah. Absolutely nothing (laughs) on the menu. Um, And uh, yeah, it was like, we're in the business of saying no, you know, (laughs) Uh, but, but the whole idea was again, like, I don't, it has to be consistent, has to be fast and has to be good. So if, uh if you want to be set up for all these classic drinks, you need a whole nother area, and, like, you know, who's going to make it every night. Yeah, okay. uh,
0: Right. How, how big is the avi- av- aviary?
2: Yeah, uh, the aviary, is, there's, there's four bartenders um, making all the drinks for 75 seats, but huh? it is, like, every table gets cocktails. Like, no one's drinking, very few glasses of wine. Like, our wines we did... Uh, splits. So if you want a glass of wine, you get a half a bottle. That's yeah. all because we're not going to open a bottle and throw it away. Yeah. Um, we had some beer on tap that was all like, you know. Yeah, beers. Yeah, like crazy things like, you know, Goose Island from 10 years ago. that has been celery and that people are like, holy shit. You know, and then we're like, oh, that's just the beer menu. Like no one buys yeah. it, you know, but like like it was all cocktail Ford. Um so it's
1: it's a restaurant as well.
2: There there is food, but it's like the food is meant to be, like, accompany the, the drinks. Like it's supposed yeah, to like so not way, a thing. little snack or something, but it's not dinner. Yeah. Um, right. but yeah, it's, it's drink focused. So um, yeah,
1: that's why people are going there. Yeah, it's for the cocktails. Yeah, not and not for a beer.
2: And we're super lucky in that we had, um, uh, like so many people coming in that wanted good drinks and wanted like crazy shows. Uh, like, we could just get away with it. So the, the styles of drinks were just super modern, I'm trying to push the envelope of either presentation or flavor combinations or whatever it was. Um, but yeah, so... And then to top it all off, underneath uh, the avior is a small speakeasy called The Office, or it's still there. Uh, there's a speakeasy called The Office that um, fits about 25 people, one bartender, and it's 90% dealer's choice. Um, The rest is like vintage spirits or whatever. And uh, of the dealer's choice, it's it's really dealer's choice versus like, oh, I have um, five drinks, you know, that are in my head that I always use. It's like, uh, okay, what herb? Do you want tarragon, parsley, dill, whatever it is. Okay, cool. Dill and, you know, berries or like whatever it was, I literally would take whatever they took and make a brand new drink. Um, you know, I had a few that I used in the background. there was like one in ten that I'd like take one. I was like, oh, this one was really good. I'll save it right. uh, in my head. But you know, most of it was like true dealer's choice. I've never made this drink before in my life, which was you know the contrast to upstairs. That was like, yeah, also take you know, something. You know,
0: like I I know right. for myself from service. Like sometimes you, your head is just not there. You cannot. Sometimes it's like I have exactly.
2: no imagination today. Like, yeah, yeah I'm I have, have to just,
1: have a bunch in the hopper just. Uh, exactly. My, just in case I like, can't come up with anything.
2: My first couple shifts down the office, like, first, my tongue was, like, raw from doing oh, so God. many okay. straw tastes. <laughs> you, know, you, you 100 drink, but you straw taste it five times. Right. You know, because you need to adjust it and whatever. Um, also, just, like, so mentally exhausted because you're, like... like
1: Constantly coming up yeah. new recipes.
2: And then by the end of it, I literally would be, like, okay, tequila refreshing and whatever. And I'd, like, start tequila. I'd start citrus. And i turn around and be like, ooh, that bottle's cool. I'll grab that. <laughs> i throw it in there and I'd be like, oh, what, er, what syrup hasn't haven't I not used in a while? Oh, yeah, let's try that. Taste it. Ooh, uh, it needs this part. And, you know, it just kind of came together. I started looking at stuff. And whatever caught my eye was, like, what went into it. And uh, that's kind of where I got, like, the concept of, like, anything works together. Uh, it's just yeah. figuring out proportions, you know. Uh, and, and cooking background just kind of, you know, helps with that. But... Uh,
0: yeah, because you came from
2: a you came from a yeah, chef
0: background, basically. Good yeah,
2: work. I cooked for uh, for nine years. Uh, that's what brought me to Chicago. Um, I got, well, yeah, I got really lucky, and I was working at Alinea for a year and a half, um, like three Michelin star restaurant. Uh, it was like my dream to work there. I like read every Yelp review. I mean, this is 10 years ago now, so it wasn't as many, but I read like every Yelp review. I watched every YouTube video I could find on it. I read any information. I like devoured the book. And a friend of mine, like, talked me into sending a resume. Uh, and I was like, I'm not good enough. Like, there's no way. And she's like, just do it. We'll write it together. Let's send it. Uh, and funny story, actually, she talked me into putting a mind fuck in my cover letter. So I said, like, I want to work at a place that gives people a mind fuck experience. And I uh, later find out they read that. And they're like, this guy's either awesome or he's an idiot. What the fuck? <laughs> right. He's got to come in there. Yeah. So uh, they asked. Yeah. <laughs> They asked me if I would come up for a two-day stage to work for free for two days just mm-hmm. you know it's a job interview for me and it's also like they, when they get to see what I'm doing but also like you get to experience and like am I gonna quit in a week yeah. you know yeah. and uh, I went there and it, it sucked like <laughs> it was my dream to work there I like everything and I, I got there and I was like scrubbing out a trash can working for free and like people are yelling at me you know like is that really how you scrub a trash can out like you don't you don't care chef do you you don't care and I was like fuck wow. man I mean That's it's, it's not as aggressive now but it was just so aggressive and I, I left and I was like oh I don't want to work there and they sent me a letter and I was like well you know like asking me if I'd want to work and I was like or you know wait, if I wanted not to really? work there when could I start and I was like I don't but it's my dream slapping me across the face yeah. Yeah. uh but yeah and I a funny thing is I showed up and uh my first day I was like I'm gonna make it a year my first week was over and I go at least six months <laughs> my second week and I was like three months I gotta make it and then when three months came along that's when like you know health insurance kicked in and the manager mm-hmm. came up and was like hey uh they decided to keep you, uh, do you want health insurance? And I was like, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. And he, like, walked away, and I was like, I fucking made it. I made it. <laughs> yeah. You know, and then, it, you know, it kind of made sense, and from there it was, like, became easier. But, yeah, it was it was a nightmare. But um,
1: Yeah, that's sort of the, the classic what what you think of starting in a, in a kitchen, I guess, the perception of the angry chef, like, nothing's, you see nothing's good, good like, enough. Yeah. This yeah. kitchen
2: and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, I, I had chefs throwing herbs in my face, you know, yeah. like, <laughs> Our favorite way to you know say something was like to, like someone fuck something up and you'd just be like, is that really how we do things here, chef? Like just condescending yeah, yeah. and just <laughs> like, oh man, it was brutal. But it was you know I learned so much in that time. You know it's yeah, it's, it's really a real easy way to
1: learn quickly.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And one of the I mean in the bar world and in the cook, uh, kitchen, like one of the easiest things to do as a young cook or bartender is make something that doesn't taste good and be like fuck it, I'll make it better next time, yeah. send it, you know, and there it was, like, there's no, you couldn't do that, mm-hmm. and, um, you know, and that really helped when I started bartending, because it was, like, you know, I'm so busy, but, like, the mojito isn't good, I muddled the mint too much, and it's, like, bitter, like, and grassy, like, fuck, I gotta make it again, you know?
1: Yeah, so you would never send out a bad drink at...
2: The uh Never, yeah, nice. never eighty six or anything too, which is a nightmare.
1: Yeah,
3: oh, I mean,
2: and, and the idea was just like, why would we just not be ready? And and can we make it happen? There's times where, you know, we'd run out of something, and it was like, we have an order, like figure it out, like you make it happen. um You know, I when I same thing with like a line. I remember halfway through service, one of the chefs like came over and was like eating some of my mise en place you know and, he was, and I was like <laughs> chef the fuck are you doing? chef I'm like really low on that uh like please don't eat anymore and he's like do you have more in the cooler to make it and I was like uh no and he's like it's cutting really close and just put a bunch of it was like a lettuce cup it's like iceberg lettuce random thing but I was like put a bunch of stuff on it ate it and I was like fuck <laughs> <laughs> and then like five minutes later I was like hey chef I gotta run to the store I'm out of ice- I don't have enough iceberg lettuce cups for tonight And he's like better go fast <laughs> <laughs> I'll work your station then huh chef you know and the, the <laughs> idea was like Christ. and then he like did that because I was cutting it so close like what happened to mm-hmm. the last two tables uh, they put them on the, you know, the food in front of them and they tip over a wine glass that shatters and you go ooh that was the last two we can't have that course anymore you like, can't do better that not cut it so close you right? can't yeah so mm-hmm. um, but anyways so, like those are the extreme stories but uh it made me a lot better uh, cook and and you know turned into hopefully a better bartender. So.
1: nice yeah did you get a lot of um I guess you know sort of customer interactions at the aviary I feel I, I, it's more of like a cook uh, like a kitchen yeah
2: or, so there's right. no customer interaction right like at all well there's a kitchen table but like if you're busy your head's down and you're not right. yeah, of you know, taking care of them like in a kitchen you're focused on what you need to do um, you know a lot of uh, would get a lot of young bartenders that want to learn and that was a great opportunity because they could learn how to make good drinks and mm-hmm. how to not cut corners and keep standards up and then when they left You know, they had those things on. It was just learning that guest interaction part. Um,
1: Which kind of you have or you don't.
2: Yeah, you either have or you don't. Um, That's very true. But, you know, some people can make up with it for, you know, for it with, like, the good quality drinks and, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. But uh, downstairs in the office, though, it's a lot of guest interaction. You know, you're asking, like, you know, what what do you want to drink? Let's figure out what your dealer's choice is. So
1: Nice. So, yeah, did you... So, basically, is the aviary kind of the only, like, bar that you've
2: um, worked at, sort of? So, I I was working at Alinea. They decided to open a bar, the aviary, and I was like, man, I like drinking, and I'm burnt out. I'm sick of, like, yeah. at this point, I was the guy yelling at people because, you know, eat or be eaten, you yeah. know, kind right. of world. And, like, that's not my personality. Um, and I was like, man, I'm just like, I don't want to do this anymore. more. I want to, like, my first thought was, like, I want to cook somewhere else. And I was, like, you know, at the time it was number one in the United States, five in the world. And I was, like, where else am I to cook? I wasn't ready to be a sous chef anywhere, I thought. I thought I had a lot to learn. Um, and the bar was opening, and I was, like, I like drinking. I'd had an amazing uh, cocktail at a bar in Chicago called the Violet Hour. And that cocktail, I, I jokingly tell everyone it's life-changing because it's, it's a daiquiri. But it was the first like cocktail I ever had that I took a sip and I was like, "Holy shit! Like this is what a cocktail can be." Because I'd had shitty rum and cokes or raspberry vodka and sprite or something like yeah, stupid. Right. Um, so after having that drink, I was like, "Cool, you can like make amazing drinks. Let me try to be a bartender." And uh, I trained. Um, I, I left the kitchen at Linia and I we started training like uh, classic cocktails and like a little coach house or a little like office area pretty much um, that the, uh, Linnea had and would do it late night when all office people were gone and uh, would train classic cocktails like learn history, learn about spirits do it. did this for like a month and then two weeks before he we opened uh, the chef was like hey we need someone in the kitchen, would you be a sous chef? and I was like, well shit, one of the best chefs in the world asked you to be a sous chef, like you can't say no but and I ended up being a sous chef there for a year and a half, but, like, I fell in love with cocktails. I started, instead of reading about food, I started going home and reading about cocktails, and um, I literally, and it's, like, the nerdiest thing ever, and my wife used to, uh, girlfriend at the time, but my wife now, she used to uh, uh, give me shit, but, like, I'd leave work, I'd go to a cocktail bar, and I'd be, like, egg white in a cocktail, like, let me get that, and I'd read the history of it and be, like, have you ever, you know, like, this is fucking awesome. Have you ever made a flip? I just read about flips, and they're like, "What kind of flip?" And I'm like, "I don't know what kind of flip." There's and more I'd, than one. Yeah, and I'd like sit there and like Google it and just like read articles while I'm sitting there drinking a cocktail on a Friday night, and people are bumping into me, and it's like busy. And I'm like, "Oh my god!" And I just I just dove into it because it was Super just like nerd. learning how. To, yeah, yeah. But it was like learning how to cook again, you know. And I, you know, I kind of hit a plateau in. Food like I was still learning, but it wasn't as fast. And obviously, I could go into like Indian food or whatever other genre of food, and I could learn so much more again. But you know, modern food was like like uh, Linia was is what I loved, and I wasn't really getting. You know, I was kind of like not as excited about it anymore. And then with cocktails, I was like holy shit, like this is learn how to cook all over again. Yeah, you know, I remember new world. Yeah, I remember the first time like. I put salt on something and, and it seasoned it right and I was like, Holy shit, so much better and then I still remember, you know, making a a Negroni and being like, Okay, like it's so sweet and so bitter but it's balanced or, you know, like the ashes of bitters in an old fashioned and being like, Okay, this is like learning those steps in cooking. So, um Anyways, that was a really long answer. Yeah. But, yeah. but uh, what, what I ended up doing... <laughs> well, I, I forgot the question. Yeah. yeah the, so the question, yeah, was uh, how did I start... Or what bars did I work at? So I uh, I left I left that's the right, aviary, sure. aviary after a year and a half in the kitchen. Um, they asked if I wanted to be in the bar, but like I wasn't good enough to be in the office. So that's the bar I'd want to work. Upstairs was like a kitchen, mm. and I knew that already. Right. Um, so I wanted to kind of learn from the bottom up. So I left... And, of course, I left uh, I left like a, a long three-month notice, which is unusual in the States, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, was like, cool, I'll find a bar to work at. I left right before winter, and they're like, you know, all the people I talked about getting a job were like, ooh, we're not hiring. So after two months and, like, um, my money's going away, I ended up uh, getting a food runner position at a, a two Michelin star restaurant, which is an ego boost, uh, especially, yeah like where I was coming from and uh after 6 months I kind of finagled myself into the bar world by um they're opening a summer terrace and uh I was like I can come up with drinks and they're like yeah sure you can buddy they're like you're <laughs> you're the food runner, I mean at that point I moved up but you're like you're you're a server at the restaurant like sure yeah, go for it and one day I went to the, the bar and I was like hey I just need to make a drink real fast and they're like sure and uh I made a Ramos Gin Fizz and I like put oh, it on a tray nice. and I walked over to the guy trying to come up with drinks for the terrace and I was like, hey, I got a drink for you to try. And he's like, who made it? And I was like, uh, the bar. <laughs> and he tried it and he goes, holy shit, it's amazing. Who was it again? And I was like, oh, I actually made it. He's like, can you do more drinks? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> no idea. And I just faked it and I wrote a cocktail list, um, figured out how to do Ramos Gin Fizz like Al and like, you know, I, I had those culinary backgrounds, and like make things fancy and cool, and that's what they wanted. And uh, mm-hmm. they made me head bartender, and I'd never bartended in my life. Well done. Yeah. And when was this again? How long time ago was it? about, uh, about six years ago. Six years ago. Yeah. Okay. So I did that for about six months, and then my me and my wife got married, and she wanted to move somewhere warmer. She was bugging me for like months, and I was <laughs> like, oh, I'll look for a job, and I like I uh, looked online, uh, and like a head bartender at the Ritz Carlton in Sarasota. That's where I started cooking. That's where my parents are was posted as, like, the top thing, and I was like, oh, shit, I know people there, so I, like, reached out so and said, hey, I'm interested, and they called me back, and I was hired in, like, three days, and I was like, well, okay, Perfect. we're moving, <laughs> you know, we're moving down to Florida, and I'd been bartending six months, uh, I had uh, worked at the Avier for a year and a half, but, like, you know, they didn't realize it was in the kitchen, you know, so I, like, kind of stuck my way in there, <laughs> nice uh, and I was there for a year and a half, and they called me up uh, at Aviary and uh, asked me if I would willing to come back, and uh, my first thought was, like, yeah, but I'm, like, running a program now, I don't want to take a step down, he's like, no, no, I need someone to, like, help me run the program, and I was like, you you know you called me, right, like, you <laughs> never had any of my drinks before, but, um, you know, we worked together before the, Micah Melton, the beverage director for the group, so... Brought me on, and yeah, fake it till you make it, I guess. Yeah, yeah that was quite, a, we, quite, we've quite the. we all been recipe. there, like, people asking, can I have this? Like, can I have a whatever drink in this? And like, sure. And then you run in the back, look yeah, at your just, phone. Just <laughs> just yeah, yeah. Uh, Dude, when <laughs> I was right literally, somewhere. I was writing that recipe, and I was like, or the menu, the first menu, and I'd like go to my favorite bar, and I was like, do you have any cool tequila drinks? They'd make it, and I'd be like, what's your build for it? Cool. And I'd play Mr. Potato Head and be like, oh, instead of Maraschino, let me put St. Germain. White bitches love St. Germain, you know? Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, you know. That I, is true, though. Yeah, that's <laughs> true, yeah. Yeah, you're not um, but yeah, so I just, like, played Mr. Potato Head, and I ended up switching it enough where they'd never be recognizable, but, like, I know where to start, you know? I didn't know right. how to make a drink. You that's know?
1: pretty much the basics. You find a formula, and, yeah, yeah that's why yeah, classics like, are classics.
0: Exactly. You Basically, all drinks you create is, you know, Of a background of classic cocktails, you have this Manhattan. How can I take it apart and create something new, basically? Yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah, the culinary background really, really helps with you know knowing, you know, understanding balance and flavors, and how you can change one or two things. I I am very curious, though. You've never lived in Iceland, right? Or
2: so I was born in Florida. Both my parents are Icelandic. Um, I would go to a. a really, really east uh, fjord, uh, eski uh during the oh. summer from when I was like 10 to 16. And I'd like, we'd, you know, it was like, kind of like a farm. We'd fish and, uh, you know, eat the fish we caught and, you know, do slaughter ducks and chickens and all that stuff. Typical uh, Icelandic countries. Like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> and I did, yeah, and it was like, you know, every summer for about six years. And then... You know, I visit often. Uh, every two years ish, I usually visit. And mm-hmm. then when I was twenty, I actually, uh, I was in middle of culinary school, but I took you know my culinary school had a, a trimester, like every you know three segments, and I took one of the segments off and added to the summer and uh, moved here to work at uh, a restaurant that was right around the corner, uh, Tefen Fishka, Tefen Fishku. I don't remember what it's oh. called. Uh, uh, but it, but it's like twelve years ago. Um, okay. And uh, but yeah, I did that. I also, drinking age was, is twenty, so I turned twenty when I was you know moved here, like a couple of days after I flew That's in. Convenient. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and I just Ooh. did that for six or seven months, uh, and then I you know went back to the states. But, yeah. Yeah.
1: Cool. Do you do you feel though that your Icelandic like background has sort of influenced your culinary or you know the, the way you make drinks, like any any flavors or any you know sentiments?
2: Unfortunately, I, not be not really yeah. because there's not a lot of you know, the very typical Icelandic flavors, you know, they're not very uh, easy to get in the States, you know? Right. like, I think honky kid should be like, in Michelin star restaurants all yeah. over the world, because it's a Agreed. super cool, like, funky thing, you know, treat it like bacon, but different, you know, um,
1: yeah, so many different flavors, going but,
2: on. but, you know, it's just hard to get, so um, unfortunately, no, um, but when I was doing, when I came here to do a pop-up, and my, I was like, okay, I got to try to use Icelandic ingredients. Right, which yeah, is a, I'd like to see that. Yeah, which is a terrible idea. Yeah, like, <laughs> I, I didn't have any, like, most of those ingredients at home, like, half of them I made for the first time um, at the restaurant, you know, like, hours before service, uh, nice. when the menu's are already printed, um, you know, luckily, yeah, my, like,
1: done that.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, luckily, like, the dealer's choice came back, and I was like, I know how to fix it if it's wrong, um,
1: yeah.
2: But yeah it was, it was yeah a they good all challenge. turned out
1: they all turned out well all the ones that i tried So
2: thank you yeah. yeah i i ripped them apart in my head and there's a lot of things i don't think any of them i would serve on a menu but <laughs> um without a lot of work at least
1: they're yeah. all right for the for the icelandic uh, crowd i think yeah yeah
2: <laughs> but i was like what is your inspiration from for
0: cocktails like how do you create cocktails what like personally i i take you know food yeah and then how can i make this a liquid and I can, like, uh, <laughs> yeah. a booze liquid. I yeah, uh,
2: I, I do that a lot. Um, it depends. I mean, there's times where I was like, oh, we need a tequila refreshing drink, so let me do something, you know, bubbly and tequila. Like, you know, one thing I love doing is, like, taking, you know, tequila and tasting it and, like, thinking about it and tasting it and just, like, really... Force myself to write tasting notes.
1: And picking apart the flavors. Yeah. Almost. yeah. And if the
2: flavors in there, if there's you know black pepper in there and like grassy flavors, like okay, like I can use some herb. Like we could use parsley and uh, like black pepper because it's already in there. Um, let me add those flavors to the drink, taste it and go. Okay, cool. It needs something. What else could I do to you know like mm-hmm. just yeah. kind of
1: bit of reverse engineering. Yeah. Almost.
2: So there's like instances yeah. where it's that. There's instances where, you know. Uh, one of the one of the other bar managers or uh, would come up and be like, Hey, I got this cocktail. Um, what do you think? And I'm like, Oh, I'll make an ice for it. Or they'd make an ice and for something random, it didn't work out. And like, Oh my god, the ice is so good. Like, I have to make a drink around this flavored ice or, or whatever it is. So, nice. yeah, it's it's kind of like I feel like everyone who comes with the uh, with cocktails, it's there's no good method. There's not like, all right, step one. I do this. Step two, I do this. You know, Some of my best drinks um, have been where like three people came in. And they're like, just make me something with gin. Oh, yeah, I'll have something too. Oh, I want – just make three of the same gin refreshing drink. And I'm like, I can't make you guys all the same fucking drink. Right. And then I turn around. I'm like, oh, shit, three gin refreshing. And then I'm like, uh, banana. Let's try that. You know, the, like dealer's choice at the, the office bar. And I'll be like, oh, banana. That's cool. Taste it. And be like, shit, uh, Amaro. Uh, cool. Cool. Oh, it needs something bright. Let me throw cardamom in there, and be like, "Holy shit, that's really good." That you know?
1: does sound really good.
2: Like, I just, I, I never made that drink. Oh, no, okay. it okay, sounds no, sound like to. banana gin <laughs> and
0: cardamom, like, yeah. yeah, all over the world basically. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah you but, mentioned it just shortly. Flavored ice.
2: It's not something we've seen right. in Iceland before.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure why why we're not. It's a really shame.
2: Doing it. Yeah, I mean, it's got a lot of benefits. Um, I mean, as long as you have a freezer behind the bar.
1: Yeah, um, that's a
2: th- the prep a
1: thing a lot of bars yeah. in Iceland are missing. <laughs> yes, that's
2: funny. And just put it outside. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's if you have the space for it, it's so, so easy, you know, uh, as long as you make a relatively simple ice stock, but um, the right. morning guy, you come in, you pop out all the ice molds, you fill them back up, you know, that process takes five, ten minutes, you know, if you're... Yeah. If you're not cutting corners, uh, you know, good. If you're cutting corners, you can just not re- not wash the the ice molds and put the exact same ice flavoring in there. Like, I've seen it done. Fermentation. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, it's frozen, man. It's not going to ferment. <laughs> you're good. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, but, you mean know, like, literally, if, it, if you're doing it the right way, it takes 10 minutes. If you're on the in the shits, it takes five minutes. Um, and you can have enough ice for the whole night. And it just adds, like, a visual appeal. It, you know, keeps the drink from just going, like, getting boring, you know, from the first sip to the last. Um, you know, so it's instead fun. of diluting, it's getting I, yeah. like more interesting. Yeah, well. yeah, you know, instead of diluting it with water, like why not dilute it with more flavor? Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah,
1: I think that's something we might be apprehensive of here in Iceland because, I mean, maybe people aren't confident enough in the ice stock itself yeah. to so, to make it still taste good the whole way through. But yeah. I, I definitely like to see people yeah. start using flavor. I ice. mean, as
2: long as the ice stock tastes good by itself, right. And the cocktail tastes good by itself I usually will take some of just the stock and throw it into the cocktail and right. make sure it tastes good mm-hmm. together and cool like let's yeah. let's do it yeah. um, you know yeah. though the only okay. issues are like if you don't have enough sugar or there l- you need to add a little bit of sugar and like alcohol obviously balance out the sugar um, but so it melt fast enough because it you don't want to say hey I got this yes. really cool drink it's gonna be uh gin and tonic but the ice melts uh and it turns into it's a tarragon ice sphere and it changes into a tarragon gin and tonic and they're sitting there all the way done they're shaking their glass because none of the ice has melted uh and they drink this you know cocktail in three minutes like that doesn't make sense so you got to make that tarragon ice a little softer so it melts quickly and they're then they can sit there and kind of like hit it with a straw break Mm -hmm. it up and then drink the whole drink you know you don't want someone Mm -hmm. to be there oh i'm gonna drink it really slow because i want to taste the whole thing well well, shit, my restaurant's not closed because everyone's sitting <laughs> there drinking one drink an hour and taking up seats, you know? So, and it's not as good of an experience. Yeah, of course. But, but so yeah, I think if quite you... find a balance
0: to find. But how do you make yeah. it? Like, it's just, you make a broth, of, yeah. or what you could say, of, yeah. of
2: fruit. Uh, <laughs> a yeah, fruit so, I mean, I, I do a lot of sous vide, um, or, you know, not necessarily has to be in an immersion circulator. It could just be in boiling water in a bag. Uh, right,
1: for infusions as well. Yeah, for infusions
2: yeah. as well, like alcohol infusions for tinctures. It's mm-hmm. amazing. But also, like um, we talked about banana earlier, I would, you know, take banana skin on, throw it in the oven, roast it, um, pull it out, rip it apart, put water on top of it, put it, seal it in a bag, boil it for an hour, uh, cool it, strain it. You want to cool it first so you get the pectin out mm-hmm. uh, or like the pectin strains out. Um, but you'd strain it and then go, like, "How's it taste? Cool, it needs some more banana flavor. Uh, banana guffard. Throw that in there. Uh, it needs a little acid from the sugar. I'll, or a little acid because all the sugar in the guffard. Let me add a little citric acid or lemon or lime. Uh, and you taste it and you go, okay, cool. Like, the guffard had the sugar and the, the uh, alcohol content, you know. So hopefully it will melt fast. And then, like, as much as I would make these... Ices, all the time I'd make them and it'd be like, oh, that's way too hard. Mm-hmm. You know, you throw it in a cocktail. It's with a oh, trial in it. Yeah, it's way too hard or it's way too soft, doesn't pop out of the mold. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, so like that would be like a, a stock. So it really doesn't take that much effort.
3: Mm.
2: But, you know, if you have access to a, a kitchen. But like that's one example. I've done it with cranberry juice from a can before, you know. Like yeah. uh, when I was running a bar in Florida, I was like, I don't have time. I have bartenders that have been bartending longer than I've been alive that just want to make money. Like how do I... Do something cool, but not piss them off, you know, and yeah. uh, you know, yeah. like, yeah. So keep
1: you, it simple.
2: Yeah, and it still tasted good, and still people looked. It's still the best-selling drink in Sarasota, like Florida. It's you know oh, yeah. wins best cocktail every year, and it's like, fucking your choice vodka or gin, uh, Saint Germain champagne and lemon juice. You know, like a terrible like simple drink, and it just poured over some flavored ice and blows people's minds. does not mind, sound so. bad to me. I, I mean, mean I'd I drink it, bitch, it, but, but <laughs> yeah.
0: Like, uh, when, you, when you talk about the flavored ice yesterday, well, I was thinking to myself because, um, yeah, we went, I uh, went on summer holiday this uh, summer and we went to uh, my dad's cabin, just a little bit north of here, basically, um, and we were having Campari sodas um, and we ran out of ice and then uh, we had sun lollies, you know, these, you know, these uh, oh, uh, oh, square the ice cubes. Yeah, the popsicles, yeah. basically. Oh, okay, yeah. I'll just pop that in, strawberry flavor. That's kind of, yeah, <laughs> yeah. flavored ice.
1: Kind of, Along the same lines, yeah, I've tried with watermelon cubes before, but I think you—they—they're pretty soft. It was very efficient, obviously, but like it's you
0: know it was very good. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) you're Uh, very drunk in the hot tub at three o'clock in the morning. Yeah, literally. (laughs) uh,
2: Amazing. (laughs) I'm I'm I'm, you know moved to Florida after the aviary to um, be a little closer to family and just you know I loved aviary, but it didn't give me opportunities. It was hard to do opportunities like this. Come to Iceland, do a pop up. Um, they were like, you can do it. We can't legally tell you you can't do it, but here's why you shouldn't, you know, which which is fine. Um, But I, I wanted to kind of do my own thing, so that was part of the reason why I left. But I'm in Florida now and, uh like, running a bar program for the Ritz-Carlton again, but on their beach resort area. So mm-hmm. it's three different bars, um, and it's, like, nothing craft about it right now, and I'm trying to do things. But, like, popsicles, literally, uh, I just talked to someone a week ago about making us popsicles. So one of the drinks can be, like, Pre-bought popsicles. That's like yeah. you know, arti- yeah. artisanal or whatever. Artisanal drop it into the the drink, and you know, blows people mind. You charge double the for the no, exactly, yeah. for the drink for a you know a dollar pop Shut in. up. Yeah, no, it's true. How is it for a guy with Icelandic jeans to be in Florida? Just <laughs> um, thinking of it makes me uh, yeah. Sweating. I stay, <laughs> I, yeah. It's hot. Uh, I stay out of uh, the sun as much as I can. Yeah, yeah, yeah I don't go to the that's beach. Smart. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. pretty difficult. A beach I, I, resort. Yeah, yeah. Well. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm always in the shade. Like there's a yeah. little bit of time where I'm walking and in the sun, but I, I try not to do that too much. But I literally have like a hundred plus, you know, SPF sunscreen in my car at all God. times. Um, yeah, someone bought it for me as a joke, and I was like, "Well, this is actually really cool." Yeah. 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 I'm on my third bottle now, so yeah.
1: come in handy. Yeah, I know what
0: I mean yeah. um, talking a little bit about drinking culture. Now you've been in Iceland for three, four, five days.
2: Uh. Three day, three nights. Three nights. Been yeah. drinking majority yeah. of the time, I assume. Uh, not been. even a drop, man. I'm. I'm <laughs> yeah. uh, but no, I've been, so I've been drinking a lot. Yeah, I've been, I've been going around uh, quite a bit. Um, have you like? Have
0: you noticed any like differences in drinking culture back in Chicago slash Florida compared to here?
2: Um, yeah, uh, I mean competitions are so big here, and there's a lot of show and like presentation, which. Which is cool. There's some that like kinda of piss me off. It doesn't add value, you know, like
1: In terms of, of drink of cocktails like themselves, like
2: Yeah, so um, I'm not gonna say so I like It's a small country I'm not gonna talk about. Well, come man, you you can eat. Can well <laughs> no but I, you know, I know other bartenders listen to this and I don't wanna be rude and you know, if a friend used to talk shit about it then I don't know. But to do it, so. I'll <laughs> use... yeah. But but like, you know, if the drink doesn't, if the the show doesn't add anything of value to the drink, like, then why do it? Why do yeah. it? You know, right. like if, if it just looks cool, um. Like, like smoking a drink looks awesome, uh, and it, it if you want, to, it makes the drink smoky. Like it's gonna yeah. make the glass smoky and it, like, yeah, it that's, adds value. That adds value to the drink. Um, like I love that. I hate the, let me do something crazy that you know wins a competition but like why yeah
1: right so you've seen kind of a bit more of that here than
2: i've seen a little bit of that here um i i would say also um i'm trying to think how to say this there there's definitely some nice way yeah (laughs) there's definitely some drinks where i i try and i'm like oh cool you did a million things to that drink and it tastes like a Manhattan. Mm. Like right. it tastes super familiar. It tastes like wild ingredient yeah. drinks that you Why'd you put before? all this effort into it? And it tastes like you used a different vermouth. Yeah. Right. You know? Um, I mean, that's my personal style though. I like really heavy peaks and valleys and like mm-hmm. contrast in the drink. And I, I personally really bold flavor. I, Flavors in cocktails, I don't necessarily like the really subtle contrast, which, you know, some people do really well, but that's just not my style. Mm-hmm. Um, it's easier to do big, bold, crazy flavors, I think, yeah. uh, than balancing all those things. Absolutely. Um, but, yeah, there's definitely some that, that are, I mean, I had one drink last night that was just, like, you know, it's an award-winning cocktail, but it was, like, cloyingly sweet, you know? Like, I don't think that's yeah. necessarily the, the norm, but you see
0: a lot of sweet cocktails because yeah. it's still it's a very young culture like yeah. cocktail right. culture here so you see and even it's
1: the th- even the bartenders themselves are I think it's sort of getting away from that but it's still in you know sort of the infancy yeah. of the scene so people yeah. want to show what they've got like yeah. this this homemade tincture this yeah. homemade syrup and
0: yeah, also what I've, what I've seen a lot of is like instead of h- enhancing the flavor of the spirit you're working with yeah you just covering it up covering it up with a lot of either sugar or acid basically yeah yeah, uh, yeah there's definitely some drinks where yeah, you like, like it's, it's, you drink I mean, it and
2: you go like man I I don't know what this it could be gin or it could be rum or it could be even whiskey in there I have no and idea and it could be basically a yeah. little free right. <laughs> what do I know yeah. now with this being said like what we did at Aviary is you know whenever someone came up to me with a drink or I went to other people it wasn't expected to be like oh it's good I really like this part this part like no, that's not what I'm looking for. I'm looking for what's wrong with it. Yeah, like right. literally taste it and go. Like, what could mm-hmm. I what could I beat up about this drink? Yeah. And then you know if it's the the everything's awesome, really really cool, but it finishes kind of flat. Like, what do we need to add to it to make that a little pop? You know, three seconds in when it starts going flat. You know, like it's not as it, it loses interesting uh, you know notes. Like let's how it make it interesting for the last you know second of the flavor. You know, um, I mean, I've gone to bars in the top fifty. You know cocktail bars in the world you know uh and just sat there and been like what the fuck you know what were they doing you know i I think i used this example yesterday but um at uh the american bar at savoy like super well regarded like amazing you know bar but i had one drink there and uh, you know i'm not saying the whole program shit but this is like a drink that really bothered me was one drink there and has a sugar twill on top and like drink tasted good maybe a little boring but like tasted good and then i'd eat the sugar twill, crunchy good i go back to the drink and it's so acidic because my palate was so primed for sugar and that's where my palate had adjusted and it, the contrast was so acidic and it's just like this is gross like why'd you add the sugar twill in it like if it doesn't make it better so like i'll beat up it's crazy. Yeah. I'll beat so. up everybody, you know. And that's good.
1: That's that's another uh, I guess aspect of coming from a, the culinary background is oh well, not not afraid to hurt people's feelings. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So you but hear be- that guys, your drinks are shit, make them better. Yeah,
2: exactly. <laughs> uh, you be- know what? no, more importantly, no. like be really like what could I what is the bad part about this and yeah. like no. try to find the bad parts and pull us out. Don't say like is it good or not. Like right. that's, that's a very awesome. uh, what they call it, subconscious thing if it, like if I like it or not. Like yeah. we all eat a piece of food and been like, is it good or not? You don't think it's good because of salt and acid and blah blah. Like the you know whatever you think of good or not, and that's what I think a lot of bartenders do is take a drink and go, is it good or not? Yeah. Oh, it's good. Let's put it on. It's like what is wrong with it? Let's beat it up. Yeah. And ask your friends. Like get everyone involved. Ask the servers. Ask whoever it is. And like yeah. sometimes you you don't take their advice or their opinion to heart, and that's fine, but as long as you you go, oh, they think it's uh, too acidic, like, let me try it yeah. again.
1: Get as many
2: opinions as possible. I, I don't think it's too acidic, and I'm comfortable with it, you know, yeah. or oh. hey, do you think this is too acidic to yeah. another person, they go, uh, well, you mentioned it, yeah, I think it is a little too acidic, and you're like, okay, shit, you know, let me try one more right. person, oh, everyone thinks it's too acidic, it's my palate, I'll adjust. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I've right. had a little leg lesson. try the string. It? it's nice. Thank you. I cannot use that for anything. Basically. Yeah. Right. <laughs> now work with like six chefs, and they was like, "It needs this." Yeah. Find the uh, you know, find whatever you need. Or find the bitter. If you need more bitter in it, or whatever it is. Yeah. yeah we're and not
1: then, making we're not making drinks for bartenders, or we shouldn't be.
2: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think you should make a drink that's delicious for bartenders, but it's got to be approachable right. yeah, for exactly. for yeah. person. I mean, absolutely. Saint Germain, uh, gin, lemon, a little bit of simple syrup, top of champagne. It's a it's a a delicious drink I have no problem drinking that um, it's yeah, a little a boring it's a little boring for bartenders and like I would like something more interesting but I still want the approachability of that yeah. so if I can yeah. kind of meet in the middle where the guest is happy you know I'm happy and my bartender friends come in and they have great drinks too you know Exactly. so that do, you, do so you
0: ever look at your drink and say this is perfect or do you always look for something that could be better
1: um, now, have you ever made a perfect drink
2: no uh, there's definitely drinks where I'm like, like it's not worth doing it. Like I'm not gonna spend three hours tinkering with it yeah. to make right. it five percent better. You know, I but I think it's ninety percent there. I oh. think it's really good. Um, I'm not gonna mess with it. You know, yeah. well, I never, you never look at it and say this is picture perfect. Yeah, how it should be. And mm-hmm. like the closest, but it's got to be
1: good
3: enough at some point. Yeah,
2: I think the closest I've gotten to that, and it wasn't that it was like a perfect drink, but I made a drink that I was just like. Okay, I don't use sues like ever. Then I put Suze in a drink, and I was like, "What would taste good with that?" I kind of like water- looked at the bar, picked out some bottles, put it all together, stirred it up, and I went to somebody, and they're like, "Yeah, it's good." And that's like the biggest compliment, you know. Every it's like, "Yeah, it's good." Anything <laughs> you don't like about it? Nah, it's good. Next person? Wow. Yeah, it's good. Next person? Yeah,
0: it's good. Like, fuck it's going on the <laughs> menu. Yeah. One, yeah. Shot. <laughs> one shot,
2: one <laughs> shot, first <laughs> go. Yeah. But that would be this like the closest thing, <laughs> closest <laughs> thing to like the perfect drink. And you know, that's that's one in 500, you know, but, that's yeah. happened that, like that, but.
1: What's your favorite cocktail?
2: Um, I don't drink a ton of cocktails anymore. How, drink drink. how weird is drink. that, right? I, I remember oh, when I first started... Not weird. Yeah, I first started bartending. And I was like, hearing this... Oh, I don't really drink cocktails anymore. I was like, fucking A, man. You you should. Like, you're <laughs> amazing. You're <laughs> a Yeah. And now Co- I'm like... Mixologist. Now I'm like, I want a Miller High Life. Uh, neat pour of some whiskey. Um, but yeah. I always have like... You know, I'll buy a bottle of gin, Campari, and, you know, uh, uh, sweet vermouth. And just like dump it into a bowl. Mix it together. Put a funnel and pour that back into bottles and just have it in my cabinet. Yeah. So I get not home and I'm like... Ice, bloop, bloop, yeah. bloop, 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 you know, put something in the microwave. Orange, Pull yeah. a Gary <laughs> Regan and stir up my finger a little bit. I mean, not even an orange peel. You know, if I have a, you know, I have, like, a little clementine that my kids eat, I'm like, I ain't no orange today, like, you know, like, putting that on the outside. But, yeah, I mean, that's kind of my I drink. So familiar. Um, but I, I would say uh, I, I love a daiquiri. I think they're amazing drinks, but also just the history of, like, having that first daiquiri that, like, changed my whole life, you know. Mm-hmm. I, I really am, like... You know, when I tell people about a daiquiri, it's amazing, you should try a classic daiquiri. Um, and they're like, oh, is it that good? I'm like, it's life-changing, but like, really, it changed my life. Like, that that drink put me on this projection, or this uh, course, so, like, daiquiris are amazing. Daiquiri, yeah. The
0: nice. best daiquiris, it doesn't take more than three sips to drink it, that's mm. what I'm told. <laughs> <Yeah>. Sna- <laughs> snackeries. Exactly, or smackery, it could be. A <laughs> it. But yeah, but it's also about classic cocktails, like, you do not need a lot of ingredients to actually make something that yeah. is nice. No. Three ingredients: sugar, like sweetness, acidity, mm-hmm. and a, and a, and a spirit.
1: Yeah, the classics are classics for a reason, basically. I suppose. Oh wait, I, I do want to hear real quick about your vintage chartreuse collection.
2: Yeah. Um, so is it yours or the, it's the aviary? It's uh, aviary. I, 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 if you're
0: listening at some point, this is uh, my yeah. old manager is uh, basically he only fed me with. Hotshots
2: and uh, chartreuse. Nice, nice. Well, <laughs> so. uh, I, I do have a 1970s bottle of yellow chartreuse that I was uh, given as a Christmas gift from someone at the Aviary, which was very nice. Um, and that uh, one's yeah. going to be waiting until my son's old enough to enjoy it, you know, Aww. like with me. Wow. Uh, yeah. I think that's mm. like... Um, but uh, the vintage chartreuse collection in uh, the office... Uh, so... It, it started with uh, there was a bartender at the Violet Hour who was a big fan of Chartreuse. Um, he also wanted to learn how to cook. There is a cook at Alinea that would go to the uh, the Violet Hour and like was learning cocktails. And they decided like, hey, let's hang out one one day a week. Uh, you teach me how to cook, and I'll teach you how to make drinks. So they just did that for a couple months. And uh, this bartender was a big fan of Chartreuse and. Um So now the, the cook that's learning at the bar, he becomes a big fan of chartreuse as well. He actually was the, I worked right next to him at uh, Alinea as a cook and he wasn't very uh, nice to me and we butted heads quite a bit. Uh, but anyways, uh, he uh, was the opening head bartender at Aviary. Um, you know, and then he loved chartreuse because it was kind of like shown to him and you know, someone was really passionate about it. Uh, and when we opened, uh, somehow he got a, a gifted bottle of, like, 1950s, like, green chartreuse that was, like, just gifted to them uh, at the aviary. And it was, like, holy shit, this is really cool. We sold it, like, out of it super fast, um, which was sad because we, like, it was one of those, like, like, it, elixir, yeah, elixir, yeah, elixir, yeah. it makes sense for, like, selling it for business-wise, um, but it doesn't, like, you don't want to sell it. You know, it's one of those bottles, like, oh, oh I, don't yeah. want to, I don't want to sell it because I want to keep it. Um Rough. so anyways uh, then a couple years later we're like oh someone was like yeah we should start doing vintage stuff and they started looking online for vintage stuff and buying it and it was like oh chartreuse and then just kind of like every chartreuse they could see it was like man we love chartreuse Snowballed let's get more there. and again it was from this guy's the first bartender's love of chartreuse it kind of spread amongst all of the bartenders there um, I mean he left before the vintage collection came in but still it was like we loved chartreuse because of just the history of it or like how it was taught to us. So, um, but we ended up, uh, I think it's the largest chartreuse collection uh, in the world, I'm pretty sure. Amazing. Like,
1: how many bottles approximately?
2: Like 75. Wow. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. And That's super cool. there, it goes all the way back to, right now. I think uh, it's like 1890 is like the oldest one. Um, and then there's like a lot of. So, in. How much does a shot of that cost? Oh. <laughs> Uh, it's one ounce or 30, about 30 mLs. I think it was like $600. All right. Yeah.
1: <laughs> wow. Yeah. yeah.
2: Sounds right.
1: Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> buy, uh, buy a flight to France and back. Yeah. Right. yeah.
2: <laughs> but we also had a bunch of, um, you know, like modern releases that you can't get in the States because uh, kind of a random thing uh the FDA in America requires that you list all the ingredients in your product and chartreuse got grandfathered in and they're not about to be like hey let's try to do a new thing they're like oh what are the ingredients in it oh we can't tell you it's a trade nope. secret <laughs> wait you already have stuff in it what are the ingredients in that You know, so it's just like leave it alone we're grandfathered yeah. in um, but they have releases uh, that they'll Release in France and stuff, yeah. and, and we would buy those and sell those. So.
1: I really want to try your black truffle. Confused. Dude. Uh, I saw oh, Ole enjoying that on a uh, on Coca
2: Yeah. So, um, and a couple people have like on this trip have been like, I was talking to Ole, and you know, he he's making a TV show. He's also very eccentric, but like. Uh, to say the least yeah and, and it's like every other episode it's like oh this is one of the best things i ever tried and everyone's been like yeah but he said like that thing was like really the really best, the best thing he's ever tried yeah. um yeah if you ever <laughs> stumble on some truffles uh <laughs> shave them into uh, a liqueur because the extraction you get so much more flavor than if you just like shaved over some food like right. you end up getting like the alcohol extracts more of that flavor so it yeah, it, it stretches right? first of all because it's an expensive ingredient like it stretches right. but it's fucking so good with I prefer it with cordials and liqueurs so like chartreuse mm-hmm. or amaretto is like I think amaretto mm-hmm. is a little better than chartreuse and I love chartreuse but um, amaretto or
1: is it high enough alcohol to do a proper extraction
2: yeah yeah uh, so what we'd do is we'd shave it in there we'd do about 30 grams a liter you could you could do less it's still gonna work um and we would have to pour out a shot or you know drink a shot whatever um <laughs> and then uh we'd put in there and we'd wait for it takes about a couple of weeks you'd taste every once in a while but mm-hmm. you know what after a couple of weeks it gets like the full extraction it doesn't really change after that and then uh yeah we would just sell it by the ounce <sighs> but it's incredible really do that um
0: it's probably too expensive Iceland with, the, with yeah. the alcohol tax as well. Yeah, well, you know what, though? Um, this will be 10000 for this
2: shot. Something you could do in cocktails with truffle yeah. is uh, I, I know everyone kind of shies away from truffle oil because, but fuck it's, off. It's delicious. It's, it's it, so good. It's I still know, it's, good.
1: Well, it's so 2006. Whatever. Yeah.
2: <laughs> you, you're telling me you see uh, Parmesan truffle fries at a bar and you're not going to order it? Like, fuck <laughs> right? off. It's yeah, delicious. Like, yeah. um, <laughs> you, but,
1: you're not going to smell that and not be able to... Yeah, yeah absolutely.
2: More. Like... Um, but do, if you get a high-quality truffle oil, you can do a fat-washed uh, truffle tincture. Yeah. And relatively cheap, you can uh, use truffle in a hundred drinks, you know, yeah. with that tincture. Like uh, Manhattan with truffle in it. Mm. So simple, but holy shit, it blows everyone away, especially the first time yeah. they have it, you know? It just uh, sounds like, no, I yeah. want one. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Do yourself a favor. Go into we the, the kitchen where you work, get some exactly. truffle oil and, like, make a tincture. Throw yeah. it in the freezer so, like, the fat solidifies and just strain it off. Yeah.
1: Okay.
3: okay. Yeah. yeah. I don't it's think you'll makes... ever let
2: me use the truffles if they get any. <laughs> like, but, I mean, think about it. Uh, if, you're, if you're at, like, a, I, don't, I don't I can't remember where you're working, but if you were, happen to be at, like, a nicer restaurant, you can make, like, a cordial that's truffle-infused. And, and 30 grams, it's a good amount, but oh, you're yeah. selling... Right you know, do a 30 ml shot, you have 20, 30, you know, depending on the size of the bottle, you have, you know, 25 pours out of that bottle. So, your one gram of truffle
0: per person, it's
2: not adding that much cost, but it adds so much value. Right. Um, And it's, I mean, from my understanding, like, actually, Alinea did it first. Mm -hmm. We took it over at Aviary, but now it's like, I heard Eleven Madison Park's doing it. Like, everyone's doing it. It's not like you're stealing, I mean we all share ideas. Please. It's it's delicious. Do it. Um, but yeah,
1: Yeah, I have a lot of techniques to steal or try out
2: a lot of things to try out by now. (laughs) Absolutely.
1: But, um, yeah, I think this is as good a time as any to wrap it up.
2: Yeah, basically. So, um, Absolute pleasure. Thank you yes. for having me. Yeah, it was, it was a really fun. Uh, my whole trip it was great chatting with you guys. And
1: yeah, you too. We are so honored to have you as our first interview. Oh,
2: exactly. Uh, yeah. Even though it's very early in the morning. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, sorry. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it's not not so, so much anymore. But yeah, I, I definitely hope to be uh, coming back again soon. It's been, you know, it's been fun to do. The, actually, focus on like what I do for a living instead of just like visit, I love visiting family, but like you know, experience the bar culture more than just like shots and beers at Chasso yeah. yeah. when, when I was 20 years old yeah <laughs> right I think they're closed now like they're
0: they oh, yeah. no no they're reopening they're yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. they were though. open last night I saw
2: it oh. <laughs> okay oh, I was okay. like did you go there we're we going Chasso or what you know uh <laughs>
0: yeah brilliant place yeah um yeah anywho absolute pleasure um nothing else to say then uh cool so yeah.
1: <laughs> signing off